Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Film Seizure. I'm Jason Oliver, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Jeff Arbuckle and Chuck Moore. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. How's it going, guys? I'm going to say two different things. You're going to say some things? I'm going to say two different things. I said, hi, guys, and I said, how's it going, guys? Oh, well, you're done then. Uh, I'm done. We'll we'll see you next week. Yep. Uh, we are really well go ahead we are back we are back uh for our third week of guilty pleasure month um movies that uh are maybe not so well regarded uh historically that we like or some of us like or that maybe were um uh big budget flops maybe are in need of reappraisal so you know, we're going yeah. to take a look at those. We've taken we've taken a look at two already, and today's movie is um, uh, 1993's Last Action Hero. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, like, I think with our first two, I think most everybody, like Chuck's pick was Roadhouse, right? That was last week. We know that yeah. that's a guilty pleasure. I mean, that is that is Swayze exploitation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's also a little bit of that of that late 80s kind of bar exploitation like the the roughneck bar that, that really kind of maybe began with one of my all-time guilty pleasures urban cowboy and oh boy we're gonna get around to that someday i promise you. um but, then, but we talked about roadhouse at length last ex- week. yes and and my pick so i married an axe murderer was kind of an under, I think most people probably appreciate that more in retrospect, like than than they appreciated it at the time. And yeah, yeah lots that, of people hated that movie, as I recall. Well, I you know I didn't know anybody who necessarily hated it. I didn't know anybody who loved it as much as I do, um, except for maybe Chuck. I think Chuck really likes that movie too. I like that movie a lot. <laughs> but I you know it's like it was it was made for sixteen year old kids who wanted to go see a comedy in the summertime but know? again we talked about yeah, we that did. movie at length we did so <laughs> two but weeks last, ago <laughs> last action hero is <laughs> last action hero probably is the one really true in deserving of reappraisal looking back at what was arnold schwarzenegger thinking about when he was making this movie and there's a lot to talk about there and there's a lot to say about maybe why it didn't do as well as everybody predicted it would well there there's one big reason why because this it came, movie didn't do as well as everybody predicted it would yeah. it shared the same summer as so i married an axe murder <laughs> yes exactly. that's exactly it yep. um it had to do it had to do with giant dinosaurs uh and it and it happened a week before this came out it was uh, it was very much in the shadow of Jurassic Park. I would this also, was the summer of Jurassic Park. Yes, and I would also argue there's probably more than just that, but I think that that's the number one. I think anything that underperformed in 1993, to the exception of The Fugitive, that summer, which overperformed probably. There, there were definitely um, there were definitely studio fuck ups on this movie, big time. Uh, lots of screw ups in the promotion. Um, a uh, lots of uh, just bad early buzz that really sank it that I feel um, was a little bit unfair in a lot of ways. Um, probably too many cooks in the kitchen, just a lot of stuff going on in this movie, but um, there's, a, there's an with... awful lot of ideas in this movie too. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because almost today in this, in this time of meta filmmaking that we've, 
that we've kind of come around to, it, it almost feels just quaint in some of its ideas, right? It's it's very it's very simple. Um, yeah, and and honestly, quite enjoyable as a movie. I, I I I've always liked this movie. I just want to get that out of the out of the way. This is most definitely a guilty pleasure for me. I saw this movie as its intended audience uh, audience when it came out. I was like 14 or something like that. And I loved the fucking hell out of it. I just loved it. I was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. I felt like uh, Austin, what's his name? Uh, I always want to call him Austin Brian Green, but it's Austin O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> Austin O'Brien, I felt Austin was like O'Brien perfect, yellow. <laughs> he, he was kind of like the perfect window for me into that movie. You know, like, like I could see myself as that kid, a movie loving kid. I it was I loved the fact that he went to that rundown little theater all the time and had the the old man projectionist friend. It's like everything about the movie just made me feel good. Um and made in a and I felt related to it in a lot of ways. Um and the commentary on the action film and just the the fact that yeah, he's he's always pointing out the the silly stuff that we know is going to happen in a movie, but he loves it anyway. And yeah. that's great, right? That's I think what, that's part of, part of why I didn't enjoy this as a kid is I, I hadn't stepped back from the 80s action hero movie far enough to understand all those little hits and I beats. Was, uh, that was the, exactly what I was going to ask you, Chuck, how you felt, because we were both 16 when this came out. And I wondered if we were just a little too old or we were in that mode where we were trying to be too serious about this movie. I think that definitely had something to do with it. Um, we, yeah, I just, I thought it was goofy and all the goofiness from what it was then I appreciate more. Now it's one of those films that I think if I had been in my twenties, late twenties or jason 13 14 i would have liked it a lot when it came out it just wasn't it wasn't the right I, time i think that makes a lot of sense i mean I, i'm trying to think of an example of that for me but there are definitely movies that came out that i like better now that i was too cool for school for when it came oh, when it came out originally i can yeah. tell you i can i can list off a whole bunch from the 90s that i felt too old for back then name a disney movie that came out in the 90s i yeah. would have said i'm too i'm too old or i'm too much of a boy to like these movies but they're great i mean they're they yeah. were good yeah. movies. Uh, i went so, through a period where even where i thought like et i was too cool for that and it's like that's bullshit that's a great movie <laughs> as, yeah, a, as, like a, as an older as an adult looking back at my middle school age like i don't like ET. it's like fuck you you little jerk <laughs> like that movie. you love that you cry at that movie <laughs> yeah it's like I, it, those it, people five to ten years older than us that didn't like goonies yeah like, yeah what? yeah what? totally totally <laughs> yep it this was this was in my my small but mighty Arnold Schwarzenegger VHS collection that I had when I was a kid. I had like this and Terminator, Terminator 2, um, Commando, I forget what else, maybe Raw Deal. Um, oh, Raw Deal is and, so good. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's, it's insane. I haven't seen that one in a while either, which I'm looking forward to. But man, I watched this one a lot. And I watched this one a lot mostly because I could watch it with my parents around too, because it was pretty much just a goofy cartoon, right? Um, there wasn't really, there really isn't any, um, you know, sex or any of that. I mean, very little in the way of um, language. In fact, there's a joke about the language. Yeah. Um, it, it very much is that like kind of quintessential PG-13 movie. 
And um, I watched it a ton. I just, I watched it an absolute ton, but I hadn't seen it in a very long time because weirdly I had kind of talked myself into, oh, last action hero sucks for some reason. Like I didn't allow my nostalgia to, to, I guess, revisit this movie until now. Um, it's probably been a good 20 years since I've seen it. And I got to tell you, I, every, I knew every beat of this movie again. It all kind of fell back. Like I, I remembered everything, but I, but I also was picking up on new things. And I had just an absolutely wonderful time watching it. I really did. I mean, I, Susan and I watched this together, and she loved it. She had never seen it. And she even commented, man, this would have been a movie I would have loved when I was like 12 or 13 years old. I was like, yeah, I know. And it, and it still it kind of carries through that, that childhood charm. Um, it really does. And I, I do believe that it's also that movie that a lot of people like um, in reappraisal. That, that or that were our age or around our age that always liked it and never really understood the hate. And that's a lot of what I want to talk about today, obviously, but that's my, my intro to this movie. Um, I really do. When we started this podcast, um, I wasn't really sure um, the, the, the breadth of the movies that I would feel this way about. And, and I didn't expect to feel this way about it watching it again. And I totally do. And it's, it's, this is kind of like the perfect film seizure movie for me. And I didn't realize it would be. So it'll be fun, fun yeah. to talk about more. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I am with Chuck. When I saw this movie, I didn't really like it. And I never saw it again. Um, I don't know if some of that early buzz got to me or, like I said, I didn't quite understand some of, the the poking at you know like some of the the jokes that they that they kind of fly fast and furious at you uh in watching <laughs> it i i will admit i had a lot of big laughs um i don't know that i can say i still like the movie um for a few reasons but it's one of those movies where it's like it, it's one it's one of those movies where i was watching this like oh this really works and then it like immediately like does something that didn't really work for me <laughs> and so like i i'm like basically like if i was the if i was a if i was a living walking tomato meter from rotten tomatoes i'd be like right at 50 and i might even be right at 60 where it's good enough to pass <laughs> but there's issues you know it's like uh but i i will say that i was glad to watch it i think one of my main things i'm just going to go ahead and get up because there's really no other place to say this i feel like it's a little too long it's two hours yeah. and ten minutes um it's a lot of a lot of that time half the movie is spent i feel like trying to convince arnold schwarzenegger that he's a character in a movie when it's like yeah trim that up a little bit but um otherwise I can't agree with that at all yeah um, and, and that's I mean, probably my number one movie yeah, that's probably my number one complaint is just that it's like the movie we watch next week, we watch for next week, is a half an hour shorter. And it and, felt longer. <laughs> well, but to me, I felt I, I like was it surprised was that, I was surprised that this was longer, but yeah. they both felt long to me, honestly. <laughs> Dick Tracy and this both felt long to me. Um, even Even saying that, though, this movie's like my dad's goulash from when i was a kid it's all the shit that was in the refrigerator leftovers that you can't eat tomorrow that get thrown in with some some sauce 
and that's your dinner. That's what this movie felt like. like and ooh, to be honest I, with I you, remember, I remember this bit from Tuesday. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was it, for some reason my dad had this uncanny ability to make all these different things taste the same as he did every time he made it, but it was always good. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That's what, what this felt like to me is. And I, to be honest with you, the whole time I was watching it, I was like, man, whoever wrote this is really clever, is really funny. And then when Shane Green's name ended up, or Shane Black, excuse me, <laughs> name, <laughs> name ended up at the end, I'm like, this makes total sense. That, well, that's that interesting. Uh, he, so this was actually a Zach Penn script. Um, and it was uh, it was a little bit different. I've never read the original script, for, but, but Zach Penn wasn't really super happy with the end result. But... Um, but Shane Black was brought in to, to do extensive rewrites on it uh, and punch it up, which that's what Shane Black does. He punches things up, um, which is ironic because the the movie that Zach Penn was wrote was essentially a commentary on the movies that that Shane Black would write. Right? That's funny. Like the, the ridiculous action movies, but 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 and so there was a lot of um, consternation and a little bit of hurt feelings over that with on Zach Penn's part. But what I think that, that a lot of people didn't give Shane Black credit for was the fact that he's a self-aware guy. Like, yeah, sure. He wrote a lot of dumb action movies, but he can also write a movie that makes fun of dumb action movies. He's a smart writer. And, um, and you're right. Yeah. I, I do believe that kind of like that joke a second or joke a minute, you know, aspect of this movie is all Shane Black for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, it was hard to write. He does, notes that. He, does that. he does that well sometimes and he does that really poorly sometimes times and and i think this one was was a little bit of both yeah 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 um yep. speaking of zach penn i mean he has done some stuff that we definitely like uh x2 oh yeah I still think is the best x-men mm-hmm. movie uh he did he did do last stand and electra but he but he yeah. uh he wrote the incredible hulk with ed norton he co-wrote or he wrote the story with joss whedon for the avengers um, oh, I don't know if we're supposed to say Joss Whedon's name anymore. <laughs> he is a bad man, apparently. But, um, but Zach Penn is writing what I'm most excited about, Rom Space Night. I am oh, so yeah. looking forward to that. Oh, interesting. A film version or a comic? Yes, a film version. A film version. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and, uh, and apparently an untitled Matrix film huh. at some point. Interesting. Uh, but anyway uh um, he's, he's 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 written and directed some interesting movies too like um incident at loch ness is a really fascinating kind of uh um fake i guess what is it called mockumentary mockumentary about about going to find the longest monster and Werner herzog is in it it's it's a bizarre little movie he co-wrote yeah. it with Werner herzog which yeah. which only it, makes me think that zach penn had the funny stuff and Werner herzog made you want to commit suicide in the dark by yourself yeah yeah <laughs> Ver- Werner Herzog is, is a sneaky, funny man. He like is. He, he is. Yeah. But... yeah. <laughs> wow, we're talking anyway. about Werner Herzog in the episode about Last Action Hero. All right, let's get this up. <laughs> we are shooting for the moon, guys. <laughs> well, what did I say? Um, I think I texted that that Last Action Hero has has one degree of separation from Fellini. Is yeah, that by I, way of Ian McKellen? It's by way of Anthony Quinn. Oh, Anthony, well, gosh, Anthony, Anthony Quinn, Quinn. Was, the, was one of the leads in La Strada. Yeah. Anthony Quinn is an all timer for uh, scenery chewing yeah. um, throughout his career. <laughs> all right, Jason. All right. Let's do this. Let's break it down. Let's kick it off. 
let's let's do the thing. So, uh, how does this movie start? It starts with the movie in the movie, right? Uh, and but you don't know that initially. It just kind of puts you into the middle of an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie. It turns out it's the 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 climax of the the action movie, the big showdown between Schwarzenegger and the big baddie, the Ripper played gloriously by tom newman but i i my note on that was he looks like a star trek alien version of michael rooker <laughs> yeah he does look <laughs> like that <laughs> oh man that's too good um but yeah he's uh oh yeah there's a really weird like tina turner cameo right at the beginning of this as a yes like, there a, is she's the um she yeah she's like that's the, she's the mayor she's the mayor she's of los mayor, angeles yeah. that's yeah. It. and then it, it's funny because the line that arnold uses there if the governor gets here call me and i'm like you are the governor <laughs> <laughs> but then but then the lieutenant governor shows up and he punches him and says call me when the governor shows up yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah he also uh, kicks the swat guy in the balls yes, he does. a couple of acres <laughs> so and also i should say that his lieutenant uh was the guy who played sharky from license to kill and boy he just yells everything in this movie and it's fantastic <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep yep yeah he's awesome. <laughs> oh man so yeah so so there's this kidnapping situation on the top of this building and Oh, we should also mention real quick that, that Jack Slater, who's Arnold Schwarzenegger, is walking not to, <laughs> uh, he's walking on top of the police cars to get to the action. He's not just walking on the street or in between the, he's walking oh, over them. It, right, right from the start, it's like, it's way over stylized with all of the lens flares and the police, off the police, uh, um, uh, what are those called? The, the, the sirens. lights, the lights, the, lights. the, light lights. Sirens. Yeah. the lights, yeah, the, that word. <laughs> Those things. <laughs> uh, it's it. You could tell it's 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 obviously what you'd expect from a big action movie in the summer, right? They're going for that in spades. Um, but yeah, he gets up on the roof. Turns out the Ripper has uh, kidnapped his son, and uh, they have this this exchange where the Ripper is telling him telling Jack Slater to get rid of all of his weapons. And of course, you know, he tosses his gun and he looks at him. He's like, all of them. Or as you expect to believe, that's your only piece or something like that. And he's like, you got this, the scene, the ridiculous scene where he's, you know, got eight guns and, and four knives and whatever. And he's throwing them all out. But then he's got one last, one last thing. And it's a, it's a grenade. And he pulls the pin and he, and he throws it over to the Ripper. And Ripper just laughs. He's like, you expect me to believe that's a live grenade? You're, you're going to kill your son who I've got right here. It turns out it's a, it's a knife. And the blade comes out and the kid picks it up and he stabs the Ripper with it. And then Jack uh, is able to get a clear shot and shoots the Ripper. But as the Ripper's going over the, the roof, he grabs his son with him. And then the, the movie starts to go out of focus. And you can't really see what happens next. And you see our our lead. Um, just going to call him Austin O'Brien all episode. Austin. <laughs> that's good because that's his name. You oh, nailed good, it. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to get is, it. I'm going to get it right. A, 50, this is 50, a first time. Be confident. <laughs> yeah, this is the first time in film seizure history that Jason got a name right. <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't believe it. I didn't trust myself. You didn't believe it. No, no. Uh, it, it, but it's well, Danny. It's Danny. Danny. Yes. So, so yeah, you, you, you see, oh, wow, this was a movie in a movie. This is so cool. And you see Danny and he's pissed off because the, the movie's out of focus. And you see he's, he's, you know, in this really dingy theater and he's the only one in the theater. Or maybe there's a couple other people, but there's a guy trying to sleep in there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's one of those kind of theaters. Exactly. Yeah. And well, he runs I, up to the. Um, to yeah. The, Cause this is, this is kind of the end of 42nd street. Uh-huh. They uh-huh. make that very clear in this. Yep. It is the death, the death of the 42nd street at the very last gasp, um, which I love. Uh, it, it really ties in nicely at the end, I think with that, but um, he, he goes to the concession stand. He's like, telling him the, the movie needs to be focused or like whatever and he's like whatever too he's i can just go up to the projectionist booth so he runs up to the projectionist booth the um uh the great robert prosky is in there he's the projectionist he's asleep uh he asks he tells him hey you know the movie's out of focus so he's like oh i never used to do this before and you get to realize that these two have a, a friendship and it's really cool. It's it's kind of like, man, I, uh, this would have been awesome as a kid to have this place to go, this escape, to watch movies, to like hang out there, um, you know, and, and have this guy, you know, sort of this grandpa father figure who's, who tells him stories of like the old Hollywood days and and all the, the movies he saw when he was a kid and uh, when he met, um, you know, big like, real life figures and that played the theater you know people like houdini and things and it's just this is really neat you kind of get you get a lot of information about about danny and about um robert prosky who i forget his name in this but um they uh nick nick the projectionist nick yes so then uh nick tells him that i've got a, a surprise i've got the jack slater four print and i'm going to screen it tonight to uh to make sure it's okay you got you gotta check the print you gotta check, you gotta the, print. check the print i, I did this that for years part. yeah this is always <laughs> my favorite part of, of like knowing people who worked in theaters or working in theaters was was the 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 employee only screening right the night before was always the best yep but um man it was good times like that is just absolutely the best. My but, favorite, my favorite times was when like a Star Wars movie would come out and it's going to open at midnight, so it's like a three p.m. Like you just close off some of the, some of the theaters, and it's like, yeah, I'm going to watch me a new Star Wars many <laughs> hours early. <laughs> good stuff. It's so good stuff. And of course, Danny is super excited. He's like, I'm going to see it before the premiere, um, which is a big deal, right? And uh, he's like, Yep, come meet me at midnight. We'll we'll fire it up. So. Uh, so he's like, cool, and you, and you better get, but you better get going to school because you're only four hours late. <laughs> he realizes it's the middle of the <laughs> afternoon, and of course he 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 goes out into Forty Second Street, and it's it's yeah, I mean it's probably Forty Second Street at its dingiest at this point because it's completely and totally lost to time. Well, it's it's dying, and it's important that the theater he comes out of has a sign that says "Coming soon, Low Cineplex 10. Mm, yeah, um, yeah which i worked at a low cineplex yes you did <laughs> and um but yeah it's um it, it really is these are the things that i really like about this movie there's a sadness underneath mm-hmm. the movie that you realize that this is the end of an era mm-hmm. and it's the end of the private movie houses with the with the balconies with the you know 500 seat 
um, uh, you know, just very, very low tech, very, very personable and been there as part of the history of the city for, you know, since the movies began basically. Yep. And yep. it's the idea that yes, the nineties were the era in which those places were dying off. Drive-ins were dying off the privately owned single screen theaters, the, the, uh, the the two theater uh, the two screen theaters like we had the which at the end of its life was called Keystone Arts but it was called the Heaston when I was a kid um, you know and it's just that that very uh, personable kind of experience that no longer was going to be around um, like almost the next day basically it was like and and yes they're getting the big action movie but that's not going to do anything for their business it's over no. Yeah. Um, it's at this point, it's just, it's, it's basically a zombie, uh, operating until that Lowe's finally comes in and, and tears it down and rebuilds it. Yep. So he gets to school and, um, one of my favorite moments in this movie is when he's, uh, his teacher is talking, he's going to show them a, a movie. She's going to show them Lawrence Olivier, uh, his Hamlet. And she talks about how Lawrence Olivier was the first action hero. No, um, Hamlet was the first the, action hero. Shakespeare well, Hamlet was the, was, the, right. Right, was the first action hero. Right. Which in some ways, she's, she's kind of right about that. And uh, it, she's doing what she can to pique the interest of her students. And it's, that's what a good teacher does. And, um, and it does kind of pique Danny's interest. He starts to watch, but he starts to imagine Hamlet in a well, radically he gets, different He gets frustrated because there's a scene in which somebody's <laughs> going to attack. And he's like, I stop do. talking, just attack. <laughs> You know, just and do it's, it. just do it. <laughs> what are you waiting for? You know, completely losing the character drama of, you know, Hamlet or whatever. He just yep. wants to see the action. But who shows up? Oh, man, it's so good. It's it, it's Jack Slater, but it's obviously it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's Jack Slater to him as Hamlet. And it's got the great sort of movie uh, overdub, right? Um, there's something rotten in Den- Denmark. And Hamlet is taken out the trash, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the the there was a, a bit from it that was in the trailer that I always remember. It's the to be or not to be, not to be. <laughs> <laughs> and the big explosion in the castle. <laughs> well, there was something about uh, something about saying something to the effect of, um, you know, it's all or it's it's fair. Or what's it's not fair or something like that. And he's like, who said I'm fair? And he pulls out an Uzi, you know, and blows the guy <laughs> exactly, away. Exactly, exactly. He's like, it's so ridiculous and great. It yeah. kind of, it honestly kind of reminds me of, um, of like a UHF skit. Oh yeah, it's Gandhi too. It does, 100%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, yeah, so he um, goes home from school turns out he's kind of a latchkey kid his mom works nights he lives in a really bad neighborhood not far from 42nd street in new york city right he um uh he has a dead dad you get a lot of exposition from his mom about this um she uh she found out that he didn't he was late to school she chews him out about that and then she says i gotta go to work um, don't open the door for anything. I'll be back after my shift. This is also uh, his mom is play- Irene is played by Mercedes uh-huh. Rule, who it's like she was really huge in the first half of the 90s and maybe n- never again. 
Like, yeah, I think I remember her most from the Fisher King. Sure. But, but the moment she showed up, I was like, Oh, it's Mercedes. Rule. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I haven't seen a movie with her in it in a long, long time. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of, there's a few faces like that in this actually. Um, but anyway, well, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about next week's movie. There's a face in that that's very much like the the um, Mercedes. Oh, there, are a, there are a lot of faces yeah. in the next movie. <laughs> 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 Above <laughs> and under makeup. Oh, boy. But anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So moving, moving right along here. Of course, he's going to go. He's going to open that door, right? Because um, he's got a movie to see. He's got to see Jack Slater 4 at midnight. So he um, he's trying to stay awake. It's finally about time to leave. As soon as he opens the door, it's like it's like that that moment of of instant consequences, right? He as soon as he disobeys his mom, he's he pays the price. And there's a there's a guy who was out in the hallway who forces his way in, who's going to rob them, and he does rob them, but he doesn't find much worth taking. And he he's got the kid um, Danny handcuffed to the sink, and he's kind of kind of like disgusted with Danny because they don't have anything worth even stealing. Um, because they're so poor he tosses the the handcuff key down the drain <clears throat> and um, he's able to get himself free and he actually calls the police which you know i'm, I'm surprised he does that but he does because he's got a movie to see right so he's gonna leave his apartment <laughs> at 11 15 this guy breaks in and leaves and then he calls the cops goes to the police station and still manages to get to the theater right around midnight i don't well, know how the hell he does that well, well John, here, here's here's how he does that. He's <laughs> white. <laughs> it's just amazing. It's just amazing. It's like, how did how did he do all that in forty five minutes? Did, did we actually see what time it was that he got at the theater? Because Nick said he was about to give up on. He him. was, he was a little up. late. He was a little late, but maybe twenty minutes late. So still, he did everything in an hour. That's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> good for poor area of New York to Movie get time. NYPD. Well, I also, really, I was just kind of like. I also imagine that the NYPD probably didn't do much. They're like, "Oh, great, someone, someone robbed you. Are you okay? Do you have all your limbs? Are you bleeding? Did they steal anything? Okay, we're calling your mom. Go home. And you, yeah, you have to go <laughs> straight home. Like they're just gonna let yeah, him walk home. Exactly. Like <laughs> that. That honestly probably rings true in in 1993 New York City. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Don't be such a puss. Why don't you walk home by yourself, you little jerk? but he gets to the movie he gets to watch the movie he's he's sitting down he's super excited the movie's starting to starting on screen it it really does kind of capture that that feeling that i still get from time to time when i watch a movie in the theater don't push past past the houdini ticket because that's very important It's, it's super important he it's kind of cute because nick makes a big deal out of this for the kid he dresses up in his old usher's outfit he um, tells him a story about Houdini and how he saw him there at that theater that his father took him to see Houdini and that Houdini gave him a, a ticket. He said it was a magic ticket. Um, you know, it, it can unlock magical powers, uh, but he was always afraid to use it. He never felt like, um, or something always that, that made him, I think he said something about it that always made him feel a little hinky because um, Houdini was very, he didn't really, he didn't, couldn't really tell him what, what might happen. He's like, there's there's an uncertainty to this magic. Yeah, he was scared. Basically scared. So he, so he was scared to use it, and he never did. But he thought, you know, I'll, let's let's try it out, Danny. It's it's very much like Grandpa and um, Charlie and the Charlie and Chocolate Factory, right? It's kind of like that moment. 
where this this guy is getting to live out some of his his childhood dreams in a way through Danny, right? right? Um, so he tears the ticket for him, makes a big deal out of it, puts the ticket stub in the the, the lock ticket stub box. Remember when we had those? And um, handed Danny the ticket, and you can see it's got a little bit of magic to it. Just a little bit of, little bit of like animated lightning coming off of it. Little little stardust. Uh, yeah, yeah a little, little little sparkle motion there. So he goes. <laughs> um, he goes into the theater, and then yeah, it's that scene of just immense joy. He's so excited. He's got his popcorn. He's about to watch the new Jack Slater movie, Jack Slater Four. Super stoked. Um, you know, it starts obviously with the big set piece action scene at the very beginning. Uh, there's a car chase. Um, well, actually, there's well, it, there's a lot. It, there, there's that, yeah. yeah, that's where we see Anthony Quinn and Charles yeah. Dance, who is my favorite part of this movie. Charles Dance is so good. In this he's really so good. he's so good as a villain. Uh-huh. Uh, but he is. Uh, they they are. Well, if God were a villain, he would be him. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and he. Um, he has uh art carney this is art carney's last uh film role and yeah they uh they're like we know that you're uh jack slater's second cousin so you guys talk and you go fishing you know stuff <laughs> like jack that. slater's favorite second cousin <laughs> favorite son, that's right <laughs> by the way the the jack slater movies are apparently like um death wish in which a member of his family is killed in each of the movies yep. yeah yeah um so he um you know it's like he's he's you know he wants to get um he wants to get information from it. like what do you know what does he know about me and um that's when um basically they they um we're trying to pump him for information, but he really doesn't know anything. It's like Jack doesn't really talk to me about stuff like that. They talk about guns. That's what they talk about. Um, and and, uh, and fishing stuff. But then um, we see Jack Slater show up at this house that's about to get raided by the police for being a crack house. To which, of course, and this is prescient, are we even sure this is the right house? It's like this is this doesn't look like a crack house to me, and the cops are <laughs> are about to like blow open this old man's door because we find out that that is uh, Slater's uh, cousin that lives there. So and he's been planted with a little bit of false information, mm-hmm. right? Basically, they, they we got an anonymous tip that this was a crack house, and of course, it's a real nice house and everything. So, uh, but, so but also the, the information that has been planted was that. Um, uh, Anthony Quinn, Vivaldi, Vivaldi, yeah, yeah, is is I, I, and it it doesn't really matter all that much, but it's it's the fact that there's this team up of these two mob families. Yeah, so it's, it's a big happen. deal. It's going to be a big deal. Yeah. And but so, in reality, he's like, that's that's bullshit. I'm gonna I'm gonna blow up the 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 other, the other half. The other half. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna. So they find he finds um you know Art Carney in there. He's all beaten up, and he's like, "Hey, I only got a few minutes left to live." And of course, this is a cliche that that you know it's like he lives just long enough to tell the exact right yep. person the yep. exact right thing, and he uh, <laughs> he says, uh, "Yeah, they're gonna team up the the two mob families or whatever." I'm checking out and dies. He, says, he actually he says, literally says, I'm he says, out. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. That's it. <laughs> and can, I just say, can I just say what happens next? I really liked. Yeah, there's, go a for note, it. there's a note for Slater 
And within the note, there's just some, it's like a deck of playing cards, really, but all they are are numbered. And he starts moving the numbers five, four, <laughs> three. And I'm like, this is great. No matter how slow he went, then the bomb would have been like, right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and he even done. stops at a point and like gives it like a, like a cock. He registers like, what's going on, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, it's a bomb. And he like runs out and it explodes. And Danny's watching. He's like, oh, he's fine. Two cops are dead, though. Cops are dead. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's fine. fine. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, the and then of cop, course, the one cop. Yes, yeah, hey, Chuck. He's, he's like one week away from no, retirement. Two, two days from retirement. Uh, yeah, two days. Whatever. Nice. Yeah. yeah, so good. So good. And then that begins the car chase. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I so, like the um, car chase because it was like explosions galore. I'm always up for explosions, guys. It's a very pointed as you find out why everything is exploding. It's a it's a good joke in the movie. <laughs> the, the bad guys but are busting dynamite. <laughs> yep. Everything that gets touched. A guy flies through a post a, a postal truck or you know, whatever the mail delivery truck goes through the window and that fucking explodes because <laughs> he goes through the window. <laughs> yeah that's yeah so you know and uh and that that there's a really good joke that i like later uh when he comes into the real world expecting something to explode oh yeah yeah that's set up here oh yeah payoff for that is great yeah so so during this point during the car chase danny ends up going into the world and he's in the back of back of um jack slater's car he gets blown um, into the world because yeah one, one of the one, one of the sticks of dynamite comes through the screen yes, thank you yeah yeah and then and then it explodes and as because he's running away from it as it explodes he gets thrown in blown into the movie yep yeah. and he's in the back seat of the car yep yeah does anyone jeff you said you really like this car chase scene if you want to explain it i can't remember everything yeah so um yeah so like everything's real quiet and he's like seeing just like this blue sky overhead passing by and then all of a sudden you just see arnold schwarzenegger with the gun upside down pointed backwards as he's driving <laughs> and it starts shooting and that, that like brings him to his senses basically it's like oh my god what's going on here and um by the way was one of the gun goons clint howard Oh, maybe. I think one notice. of the gun goons was Clint Howard. It could be. I didn't. I didn't notice, but I did notice that somebody got killed with an ice cream cone. It sure did. <laughs> Back in the head. <laughs> yes, because one guy got thrown into guy. because because uh, 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 one of the sticks of dynamite got into the to an ice cream truck and a blue and it and it sent a, a cone through the back. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> um, it had to be a sugar cone if it was that hard. To oh, for sure. Oh, surely, surely. Um, one that was made like two days ago or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the, um, yeah. So, I mean, really, honestly, it's like for the most part, the, the chase is, is primarily uh, the gun goons like being picked off one by one as this chase is going on. And all these explosions are happening. Um, later on, there's a part where they're just driving down the street and cars behind them are like spinning out. This That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie. That may it's be, fantastic. yeah, that may be my favorite like in joke in the background where oh. it's like, but anyway, um, he's trying to explain to Arnold that it's like, hey, this is a movie or whatever. I'm in a movie. And he's like, yeah, shut up, kid. I'm, I'm busy. Um, he ends up uh, they end up getting themselves into an itty bitty little cubby hole 
in this car. Does this suck weenie or what? <laughs> <laughs> and the bad guys are coming and uh, they're going to play chicken. Yep. This is great later, too. The payoff for this later mm-hmm. is fantastic, yep. too. That really hurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, see, like I said, I, you know, it's like I'm very iffy overall, but there are some things in this that are really, really funny. <laughs> Um, but anyway so they they play chicken and and jack slater wins the guy veers off they explode of course and and there's a guy who's just like like straight down in in a trash can is just this sticking up chuck taylor's sticking out of the trash can that's exactly right um and so they decide um you know and now now danny gets the chance to really talk to jack slater about hey this is all a movie i knew exactly what was going to happen i knew all of this and he's like sure whatever <laughs> you're a silly kid and so they <laughs> he says exactly that guys and by the yeah. way it's one of my perfect impersonation yes so he goes to uh they he, he takes him to the police station now of course the police station is a hollywood police station so it's oh, real man. nice and, and like danny's like i was just at a police station it was, <laughs> it was dingy and gross um and oh my god the different cops that as, walk the, as they're walking oh that's good the buddy cop pair is great but as they're walking into <sighs> the building you see you see somebody who looks a lot like sharon stone from it Facebook. is sharon stone. it is sharon stone? It's i sharon thought stone. it was but i couldn't tell if it was for sure i figured it was because right after that you've got robert patrick coming out just as, as the, the t-1000 yeah. yeah yes yeah and danny's like oh my god you know when he sees that i mean <laughs> yeah. he's very much like again the the audience member right like i would react the same way i did react the same way <laughs> yeah right um so then um this is this is where things i don't like the scene i mean i like i like some of the buddy cop pair-ups but there's one thing oh, in particular man. black I'm and like, white humphrey bogart okay see now this now we're getting into the things that i didn't like about this movie there's a cartoon cat uh-huh yeah uh-huh. there is played a by leg- danny devito played by danny devito a legitimate co- cartoon detective cat and I was like, all right, I'm out for this part. I'm out for this part. I, I'm not. But I'm, but I'm, I but I love I love the exchange between Danny and Jack Slater on this though because Danny is us. He's like, this is fucking ridiculous. This is proof that this is a movie. And Arnold Schwarzenegger's just not hearing it. I love I love the exchange when Danny says, "There's a, a cartoon cat just walked in here, an animated cat." And Jack was like, your point? He'll do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> That's an even better impersonation than mine. Um, you guys are real good at Arnold. <laughs> um, now, this was also, uh, was this the scene in which Frank McRae, as the lieutenant, like Decker. screaming Slater's name and he breaks the glass on his door? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's pretty He's good. great. He has one of two of my favorite lines in this movie. I don't know what was leading up to it, but he yells something like, Someone is doing cartwheels in my cocoa factory, which freaking <laughs> well kills me. And later, he's just speaking gibberish. He's like, blah, 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 blah. It's yep. like, do you understand what he's saying? He's the screaming. He's the screaming captain off of him. Smoke. Yeah. yeah, he's the screaming captain in every police procedural. <laughs> yep. yep action action movie. Like we, we just saw a guy like this in uh, uh, the the Sean Cold Steve Babbitt film. Yeah. Um, yeah, who screamed did. the whole time so, yeah, yeah, stone I mean, cold who framed roger rabbit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, 
but of course but of course what happens is um the kid again is trying to tell them that he's in a movie the chief looks at him he's like who are you and he checks up on his background he 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 can't find any record of who he actually is that his name you know there's his name on his id and his phone number aren't aren't real and then finally the kid tells him a, a version of the truth he thinks they'll believe that he like uh fell over um a, a highway overpass and landed in jack's back seat of jack's car and that satisfies the chief for some like reason. the like, first the first truthful thing he said yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like fi- finally the truth or something like that yeah. yeah and then um and then he starts talking about how he knows things about the case and he says things about the case that he shouldn't know and uh, at that point, the chief says to Arnold, says to Jack Slater, he says, meet your new partner, which is so great. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no fucking world but this one with these two get paired up as partners. Right. So now and, it's the buddy cop. Uh, but where, where's the first place they go <laughs> to prove that it's a movie? He goes to Blockbuster. To the, oh, yep. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> God, and, uh, and Angie Everhart is, is, uh, is the clerk. And, uh-huh. and at one point, Danny's like, uh, says, um, wait, she's way too attractive to work at the video store, to which my, my note says, correct. That's that's correct. What, that's, I, think, I think that's what Arnold said, too. I think that's what Jack Slater said. No, was, uh, but, uh, but as soon line. as he said that, I was like, yeah, that's about right. I work at a video <laughs> store. I, I, I know, I know our client. I know our I, I league. Think, <laughs> I, I think I did have a similar note, actually. <laughs> yeah, but everybody Wait. is also dressed insanely. Like they're wearing leather and like vinyl clothing. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point, he asked this. You know, Danny's like, "Hey, lady, um, what's your phone number?" And she's like, five 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 zero one three four or whatever and he says to which jack is like hey thanks for asking for her phone number yeah Uh, but then that was really sweet of you (laughs) yeah and then he's like jack what's your phone number and he's like five 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 seven one two five or whatever he's like i bet everybody has five 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 how many people are in la oh eight or nine million and everybody's got five 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 to which arnold one of the better deliveries in this movie he's like well, that's why we have area codes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good jokes in this scene. I like, um, I like the, obviously that he wants he has to clerk where the Schwarzenegger movies are, and she says the foreign films are in the back. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, yeah well, uh, that's also true because you don't put the fucking foreign films up front. They those go in the back <laughs> of every video. Yeah. You don't put that shit up front. <laughs> And then they go and there's a there's a Terminator 2 stand up standee and it's it's Stallone as yeah. as the Terminator which is fantastic. Stallone's like he's great, so great this. Yeah. So then um, this was also right around the time that Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> trolled uh stallone into making stop or my mom will shoot oh yeah in real oh yeah life. one of the one of the one of the great practical jokes like, <laughs> <laughs> you know that story chuck no tell me oh, oh my dude. god so uh so, basically so, yeah go ahead jason go ahead uh, you can it's fine I, no go for it go I, for I, it it's it's the the short version is that um arnold schwarzenegger feigned interest in the script for stop or my mom will shoot because he knew it was bad 
And, uh, <laughs> but it was around that time where they had like a big rivalry, and they were they were they were trying they were up for the same roles a lot of times, and and they were like they were kind of fighting for the same roles, and um, so he was he was like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna make Stallone think that I want to be in this picture. So Stallone got real interested in it and, and thought that he had the coup and he swept it out from under him. But in reality, it was it was like gonna be a bomb. It was, it was one bomber. of the worst movies, one of the worst yeah. big budget movies ever made. That's and, amazing. <laughs> so um, yeah, so then um, it's at this point, um, it's around this time in which Charles Dance is also trying to figure out. Um, because they go to they're looking for the house that danny knows he saw in the movie right so and he's like oh right here and schwarzenegger is like wow you just revolutionized cop work by just driving down the street and saying it's over here um <laughs> the look on the his bad face guys are in <laughs> the look on his when he gets that wide-eyed like that bad guy's all in that it, that kills me every time and it's never oh. really good when he does it but I it's always it, funny it's always uh, fun but anyway so they i also up, like the line where i also like the line where, where danny's trying to he's showing them to ticket and it's not doing anything it's like maybe it just needs to warm up and he says oh yeah my dakota rig always has to warm up too yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then he, um, so like he says, like, hey, it's this guy. He's gonna, he has a fake eye. All of this, and Vivaldi's in there. He works for Vivaldi or whatever. So he goes and knocks on the door. Charles Dance, um, or the, uh, the maid or somebody comes to the door first. Oddball. Uh, well, it's not. It's it's not odd job, but it is a guy who looks just like odd job. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not him, but it's supposed right. to be him. Yes, it is yeah. supposed to be him. And he's like, uh, I'm here looking for the drug dealer. <laughs> or whatever and do charles dance yeah do you have drugs in here um so then charles dance comes to the door and he's like um asks him to take off his sunglasses to show that he's got a you know a fake eye but it's, it's just a happy face eye yep have yeah. a nice day um, yeah have a nice day and um but before he closes the door he hears danny talking about what he saw which gets him now on the on the trail of figuring out who danny is right and when they get back to the car he's like well you know it's like that's the guy i'm your witness aren't you gonna arrest him he's like he's only guilty of being an asshole that's about it because <laughs> they had like a real contentious conversation um but then they go back to schwarzenegger's ex-wife's house Yes. yes yes seems yeah. accurate More yeah. or less. Um, and um, there, there's and, also a scene there's also a scene that that is important from earlier in the police station where um jack see me he talks to his former partner who's played by f murray abraham oh, and yes. uh, danny warns him not to trust him because he, he killed mozart <laughs> 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 in amadeus right. it was nominated for nine oscars yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, i love i love that that that's obviously the joke is the joke but the um that that point at oh this guy always plays the villain you can't trust him you know it's right. so good <laughs> hey and in a couple of months we'll see him play a villain again in one of the star trek movies indeed yep uh he gets his face stretched out um so anyway he um 
so they they go back to uh, but Schwarzenegger is like worried that that his ex-wife's around and uh but it's not uh, but but she's not what is around is his super hot daughter <laughs> yeah yeah pete sampras's wife in her first movie role <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah um yeah she she's not yet hit the high of mortal Kombat. um <laughs> oh i thought you, i thought you were gonna say billy madison but yeah <laughs> oh no 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 i mean that that was just another real small role mortal Kombat. is the that's the peak for wilson yeah um so anyway <laughs> um although apparently she is i mean so she's kind I of an act- want to touch the honey <laughs> <laughs> but uh no she, but she's like she's like every bit jack slater you know it's like she she uh in fact later in one of like my favorite scenes in which like schwarzenegger is really kind of coming to terms with this sad life or slater is coming to terms with the sad life that you know it's like he his wife's happily married he you know she doesn't want any you know he hires somebody to call him to pretend to be his wife so that he has somebody to talk to basically um and his daughter is probably going to die young um because all she she skipped out on the prom to to field uh field field strip ak-47 yeah exactly (laughs) Um, so, but anyway, uh, Charles Dance ends up showing up there and, um, again, it's all about trying to take out Slater and, um, it, it leads into this big action scene. Jason, you can kind of take it from here if you'd like. Yeah, there's, there's a, there's a few, uh, hits here. There's, um, this whole bit with this counterfeit money, um, that he gets him to burn, which creates a signal because he was told earlier by Jack, Danny was told earlier by Jack that the money will burn a different color. So he sees that when he comes back. So he knows that there's something going on in the house. Um, it plays on uh, the daughter. Yeah. Like, like uh, Jeff says, she's actually pretty tough. She's um, she, <laughs> she's, she's been taken in the inner to her bedroom to be silenced by one of the goons, but she, and she's screaming over the top screaming like like the damsel in distress but while she's doing it she's kicking his ass it's very clever very (laughs) clever it's pretty fun Uh, it definitely turns that that trope on its head a little bit um but then yeah basically jack comes into the house there's a shootout um i believe everybody he kills everyone. They kill pretty much everyone in the house except <laughs> Jack except Slater kills Danny. everyone he comes in the contact. Oddball, yeah. Oddball and uh yeah. and Benedict get away. They escape, right? Yeah. Um and I think that they're they're yeah, so they 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 pursue them on um on foot, car, and bike at this point. Uh, and Arnold's got the line, gotta catch the red eye, I believe, in this scene. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's also There's a- there's oh, that really God. goofy. There's that really goofy um, bike moment. This this probably should have been out out of the movie where the ET Danny, moment. Danny tried, yeah, where Danny tries to play chicken. Yeah, with, that's uh, yeah. It's pretty goofy. It, it's trying to put put forth the idea that the the hero can't die, right? But but he realizes that he's just a lowly sidekick. The comedic so he, relief, side the com- comedic yeah. relief sidekick. Yeah, common sidekick, or even yeah, and and uh, he's gonna get. He's he can't play chicken. Jack Slater could play chicken. He's the star. He's just the 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 window dressing. So uh so he decides to not play chicken with the car and he 
the bike flies off and it goes over rooftops and it's really goofy. There um, is a moment here that I'm wondering what Jeff thought about if he hated it or liked it or even noticed it. When Arnold walks out in front of Benedict's car, he does so like James Bond. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. Um, no, that he was walks fine. out and does the turn and points. Yeah, like no, that's no, I didn't. I didn't see that part um, or I didn't notice it. Um, I may have looked away when that was when that happened. But, yeah, I um, I can tell you, I really didn't like the E.T. joke. I thought yeah, that I thought was, it was I, I thought it was too much. It was, it was too much. Yeah. The uh, the joke that he realizes he can't be the one who, right. again, it's one of those things. It's like, that works. The kid knows that he can't do this. That works, but the payoff was, but the payoff be. was bad. Um, yeah. So it's like, it's like one of those kind of, you know, we had just had this really, really clever scene where like Bridget Wilson's like screaming like a crazy person while she's kicking the guy's ass. And it's like, Oh, this is great. You know, and then it's like, then got to catch the red eye. That's a funny that, that, you know, but yeah. So I, that and, and, I, and I actually another, groaned at the ET one. I was like, Oh, there's another goofy moment that happens right after this, where they go back to the house, all the police show up and they're kind of like finding out what happens. And they see the, their one of the cops picks up, um peter dances um uh charles dances i <laughs> you had I you were so good for a while there and then uh, <laughs> peter where did i get peter from um he, he picks up the eye and it's it says what does it say it says something on it it's like oh yeah and it, he twists it and it, ends it up turns it so, so he could read it and it and it detonates a bomb and it blows up the whole house it's like that's really goofy although <laughs> there is a payoff to it though w- later yes. when he catches up with charles dance and he yeah the, that yes. there's, there's a really good joke with that but uh but yeah it's you i had forgotten know. about that explosion you just you just explained why something happens at the end to me because i had forgotten yeah. about the eye twist interesting go ahead sorry <laughs> but then, and then it's the the obligatory he's getting shoot out by the police chief again they both are this time they're um they're they're both like you know clothes are singed right and they're sitting in the the chair getting shoot out and then he he takes jack's badge he's like that's it you're you're off the force he, he's like give me your badge so now he's disgraced and, and then and that's what leads to the scene that that Jeff really likes. Yeah, so they go back to his his apartment, and first of all, his apartment is right next to the interstate. Yeah, uh, which is bizarre, but it actually kind of makes sense. And there's nothing inside the house, and I'm assuming that's because you never saw his house in the movie. Right, right. And um, he's he's talking to him. It's like you don't have anything, and it's like, what what? I mean, you live like uh, this is sad, you know, basically, and. And he's talking about it's like yeah, there's you know. a henchman lur- lurking first that he has. To oh yeah, in. there's always a henchman <laughs> in the in the closet. Uh, he 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 spends a fortune on closet doors. <laughs> it's kind of like the Pink Panther. It moment. is a Pink Panther uh-huh. moment, exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. It's like Cato is always waiting for him. Um, yep. But yeah, so like, and in this scene, it's like you actually see you see behind the curtain of the character right Mm -hmm. the character Mm -hmm. doesn't live for anything other than the car chases the explosions looking for a cigar you know um all of these things that he is so good at he doesn't really have a life 
and, and it's sad, you know, but it, but it fills out the character in an unexpected way that pays off again in the third act when they get mm-hmm. into the real world that I also really liked. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, in fact, I was like, um, you know, they're, they're, and this really is technically a note for two different things. I said that the movie basically comes alive when Slater is dealing with one, the non-action stuff and the, uh, and the, the struggle of realizing he's not a real person. This is this is the genesis of the idea I always wanted to do. Actually, this whole movie is kind of the genesis of it. But that that in particular is the genesis of the idea that I always wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Stallone to team up in a movie, in an action movie, as themselves. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. Where, where they where they actually don't they aren't like action stars. They're just goofballs right they they think that they could do all these amazing things because the movies that they've been in taught them that they were these people that they aren't and but they've been put into this this situation now where they've got to save the day and they're kind of bumbling idiots at it right yeah 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 that yeah and and this is it's it it really plays out in the third act yeah Um, yeah but uh because you know also danny is trying to convince jack slater it's like your wife is always calling you that means that she wants to you know get back together with you and he's like no that's the it's the it, the pharmacist or something i can't remember who he says it was <laughs> yeah. but he pays somebody to to call him and he's like what i because also the other thing he does whenever his wife calls he puts the phone on a tape player and plays him saying uh-huh yeah that sounds good uh-huh he yeah. had like 40 of those tapes too right it's funny. yeah and he's like do you think i would be with somebody who would be so stupid not to realize i'm putting the phone up to a tape recorder all of that right. stuff is like that is the best writing in the whole movie is right there yeah. and because the movie takes a moment to slow down to tell us this um yep. but then it's um a- around this point is where jack slater figures out that um that that vivaldi is going to get rid of all of the mob and take over all of the crime and so they're going to go to a um a funeral for a guy named what is it pete lafart leo the fart leo the fart <laughs> there is a moment before this though where benedict had stolen um danny's wallet and he discovers the ticket in his pocket and he's in his apartment like when he realizes that the ticket is magic the twilight zone is playing in the background which i I thought was pretty cool and then it cuts to this leo the fart thing right but benedict has the ticket now and which leads to the later act um which also he uh and emboldens him too after the the funeral but the leo the fart um has been packed full of of (laughs) explosives now also he's like um you know leo the fod is going to be the guy who's who's going to do and and um and danny's like at some point it's like are you sure about this the guy's name is the fart (laughs) (laughs) but uh, so they they're gonna go to um leo's gonna pass gas one last time Guys, if we uh, explain every single thing that happens in this movie, this episode is going to be four hours long. <laughs> We're getting There's there. We're so moving. much stuff in this movie because, like, even this—I mean—and this is kind of part of my problem with the movie. It's like it's so <laughs> dense and it's so tiring. 
<laughs> because like there are like five different things that happen at this at the sequence at the fucking funeral danny's got to learn how to drive the the crane so that he can do a thing um uh, also we find out that the f murray abraham is indeed a bad guy <laughs> and, and he's gonna he's gonna cause them problems getting into the funeral and you get and they get saved by the cartoon cat <laughs> they do get saved by the cartoon cat <laughs> you've saved my fur plenty of times <laughs> <laughs> um oh god charles dance he he he, he detonates that doesn't detonate but he sets the timer on the detonator uh on it, that's in the bomb in leo to fart by pulling his finger which just absolutely <laughs> plays me it's such a little thing like so yeah, things. the finger gets pulled, and Danny has to pick up. Leo I'm dying, guys. I'm dying. With the crane. I'm just gonna power through this. With the crane, and he brings Leo the fart over and drops him into the bay, I think, or the water. No, the, the Labrea. No, no, the tar pits. Tar pits. Yeah, yeah, the tar pits. Yeah. By the way, everybody at the funeral, even the nuns, have machine guns. Oh God! Yeah, they're all wait, in the mob, man. Wait, this man, this man's not dead. <laughs> he's alive. <laughs> what's the What's the line when he's paying his respects, Jason? Oh, I uh, I think it, it goes something along the lines of, "He was a good man, a flatulent man." <laughs> <laughs> uh, By the way. The whole fart joke pays off when he when he dumps him in the tar pit yeah, because the bomb goes bubble. off in the tar pit and it's just a big fart bubble. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, if I would which a fourteen year old kid would love from I farting would, in the bathtub, it's, it's right. still, well, it's still if I would have written it at any age at forty four at seventy four, that thing would have ex- would have popped and would have gone like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, missed, I missed a flarp. Should, yeah, there should have been a flarp. Exactly. What? What? Even just one little like escape of air. Oh, oh, oh! Just a, been the, or or the it, exclamation point. Although the line is great, uh, but anyway, if it, if it pops but it doesn't do anything, like you expect it to be like a gigantic oh, God, fart. Right, the line it's just like great. it's just like a little or something, you know. But it's a big explosion. Um, <laughs> But anyway, the, the, the so silent when, but deadly line is yeah, great. Yeah, the bubble goes up and, and it rescinds, <laughs> and and Arnold looks over at it and he's like, "Silent but deadly." Um, also, he wipes all the tar off of him with napkins, <laughs> yes. and he looks perfect yeah. and it's fantastic. And I also love. There's here's the little thing I love in this movie: the the driving and the parking of the cars because he's constantly going over like embankments going into like lawns he's going over medians over curbs and and he's like hey so we've got to get a car or whatever um yeah the um, something ended up happening crushing the other car that they had and they're like oh okay but here comes whitney the daughter in her monster truck and she's just driving over everything to get <laughs> and it's like the apple did not far from, from that tree um yeah the scene the scene too that you mentioned earlier that was one of my favorites as well was when they're just driving and talking on the on the highway and and it it, it's it always drives me scene. <laughs> it always drives me crazy those scenes in two movies right in two two ways um 
the, when they're when they're doing the thing with the steering wheel where they're like over steering yeah right in act in, in scenes and it's just like you would be all over the place right and then also when you're talking you're not paying any attention it's like how are you driving right now well they play they play on both of those things with the fact that he is swerving through lanes <laughs> he's he's driving erratically and people behind him are getting into car accidents they're they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're swerving to to avoid him they're exploding <laughs> they're, they're spinning out yeah it's so that, great that's a very um naked gun type of joke and very much yes. so uh, um which this movie probably i would have liked it more if it leaned heavier on the goofy stuff like that um because w- another one of my problems with this movie was that a lot of the spoken jokes are delivered very poorly and I don't know if maybe that's uh, directing or Arnold Schwarzenegger not feeling comfortable, even though he had done Kindergarten Cop. Although I think some of that was he's still kind of action man. He's not really comedy man in that. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I I thought for the most part, his delivery worked. Um, but yeah, I guess there's a little it's, bit of it's that. A li- it's a little forced. His uh, timing is a little off. Sometimes. Yeah, and, and, maybe, and maybe it's maybe it's uh john mctiernan you know being mostly an action guy yeah Um, yeah, but anyway so um yeah so now uh they've got the monster truck they're gonna go um uh uh, benedict kills vivaldi because now um he feels like he has maybe something that is a little bit more powerful and he doesn't need vivaldi anymore so he kills off uh anthony quinn and um odd job or oddball we'll call him oddball like that's good. <laughs> sure i like that i like, I like that, that. Better. I like that because he's not odd job he's almost odd job so oddball and glass eye um they're they're getting ready to go do a thing and in comes the monster truck and uh it's time to uh to, to chase the bad guy um uh, but he's got the ticket and the ticket is activated basically yep. and he slips away into the real world and um <laughs> he slips away into the real world because arnold schwarzenegger picks him up and throws him and he's like normally when that happens they explode or something like that, <laughs> or, or, or or they leave a hole that's what he they says leave a hole. Yeah. they leave a hole um <laughs> and uh so that's when danny's like oh we've got to chase him into my world basically and so they do and this is where i quite like most of this final act um because once they get into the real world this is when um he he realizes that he keeps calling himself uh braunschweiger arnold braunschweiger (laughs) yeah um but he um he's uh you know he realizes that something that 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 the kid is right that he that he right, was dance, in a movie. dance is well, getting he, away and he's like here's another explosion for you and he mm-hmm. shoots the the cab that he's in and it doesn't blow up right and he's like something's wrong but and he, then he, he sees starts having a full-blown existential crisis he sees he sees a billboard that says schwarzenegger is jack slater right and that's when he starts to and so they go back to the movie theater and they talk to um they they talk to um nick right and nick is like uh 
hey um you know he thinks it's schwarzenegger at first and it's like he's not who you think he is and and he realizes that the ticket actually does something um and he's you know it's like oh i've never met somebody who isn't a real person before right i've never been a fictional character before and that really this must be really exciting for you right (laughs) and then and then he's like yeah and then he's like but i you know and he's like defeated like he's everything he's ever known isn't you know i mean it's just he almost doesn't understand what's the point in living Mm -hmm. if if everything he's ever done has been through the machinations of somebody else kind of writing that for him um this is interesting because this um from my understanding of the rewrites this was um mostly shane black who added this um third act like most of the movie was took place in the the movie world you know the fake movie world um through through the eyes of danny and that's where where everything played out um and i don't think that uh, zach penn actually liked this third act which i think is crazy i think this is where the movie finds its heart in a lot of ways it does because he has to learn he learns basically that he can control his own life when he goes back to the movies at the very very end mm-hmm. um and i can understand where it maybe creates an unevenness but i think if it stayed all the way in the movies i i probably still wouldn't like this movie you know 20 what 29 years 28 years later i probably still wouldn't like this movie but this part at the end is is what really kind of brings me up to that kind of 50 50 yeah which is good like because they go back to danny's apartment next yes and there's a really good scene um where danny obviously he gets yelled at by his mom but i won't belabor this he bring he's like follow my lead and he brings arnold braunschweiger in um because <laughs> he can't get his name right but he ends up ta- <laughs> he ends up talking to danny's mom all night while danny's sleeping and in the morning he's like this is great i've never i've never talked to i've never talked woman. to a woman it's, it's nice yeah. and yeah, then we neat. have a it's neat yeah <laughs> Yeah, we have almost a 12 monkeys moment too, though, because he had been listening to hard rock his entire life because that's how he's written. Well, there's classical music on the radio and he's Mm -hmm. like, wait, can you can you turn that up? What I think I like this. And Danny's mom is kind of falling for him a little bit. It seems like she's like she's like she likes him. Yeah, but uh, I, I like this also, too, because. Danny, and this is something I think was maybe kind of missing from this movie, is you don't really understand enough of what Danny is going through. That he's lost his father. His father figure is a larger-than-life movie character. Um, And now he's met that character, and he still is in that movie mode, but he doesn't... But. he is having to he has to learn how to grow up and get beyond his pain whereas jack slater is uh realizing that he now has a life and has to learn how to live it but still use some of the sensibilities that you think he would have as this fictional adult human being and and the melding of that 
it's the payoff of da- of Danny's earlier line in the movie when they're teamed up as buddies, uh, buddy cops. When Danny says, "This is great, I'll teach you vulnerability, and you'll teach me to be brave." Right, yeah. and and he, you know, and, and it comes to a head here because he gets <clears throat> frustrated because he can't just escape into the movies, and you know, I mean, a lot of that is the the mom represents the the pain of reality, right. And the kid is the representation of escape and and dealing with pain. Right. So he gets frustrated when he has to face real life, but Jack helps him by the end to realize that, you know, I'm always here. You can always go back and watch my movies, but you need to take care of your mom. You've got to move on and you've got to take care of your mom. She needs you more than you know and and some of that was there and some of it was like as much time as they could devote to this movie without it being 10 minutes longer they they did what they could but i would have liked to have replaced some of the stuff that i felt went on too long with more of him dealing with the fact that i do have to move on i just don't know how and it takes this hero of his that he finally gets to meet to really well, yeah, he, bring that he, home he even verbalizes that fact because he wants to be stoic right mm-hmm. but when when jack slater is dealing with him, his emotions of being real and realizing er, that he's not real etc danny says he's becoming a pansy yeah right like he's not you have to be strong you have to you can't you can't take this emotion and do anything with it. You're, you're a superhero. Right. Right. And that's the way Danny's tried to live his life. Um, so yeah, that it comes to a head there kind of a little bit where he's like, no, you're, you're becoming a pansy. And then they go out in the street. Right. And they're looking for Charles dance who had killed somebody on purpose the night before, which is kind of hilarious. He stands yeah. in the street. He realizes well, he that, realizes that, that, that in New York, guys nobody- can win. Right. Yeah. And he also realizes that in New York, people don't get involved. And, and, you know, it's like you blow up something in the movie world and Jack Slater shows up. But here you can do evil and Jack Slater isn't showing up. There is right. no Jack Slater here. Um, so this gives and then he also begins to realize some of the things that the that the ticket can do and what he can do with it, uh, which is fun because, you know, he thinks about going to get dracula and um hannibal lecter and you know it's like that's awesome um if i was a bad guy and i could do it i would go get those guys i'd go get dracula fuck yeah <laughs> yeah it'd make a great sequel actually it's pretty yeah. cool when he's walking he's walking down the street and danny is telling him like your methods won't work here this is the real world you can't just walk around and he'll show up and he's <laughs> going to t- he's going to tell he's going to tell slater that he's just you know, he's just normal in this world. And they kind of have a separation for a moment, but then Danny looks across the street and he sees Char Benedict getting into a cab Yeah. to which Arnold goes back to the earlier part and starts running <laughs> on top of all the cabs in the city to get there. Um, well, this is also when they do the, uh, when, when they're going to do um, chicken in the real world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So they so they go do uh so they go and do that. They, he gets in a car. Um Oddball is driving. By the way, uh I did like what the cab driver said when Oddball threw him out. He's like, Oh, this is a this is a crummy car anyway. I don't like it, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
taking it in stride, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, so they're they're gonna run into each other, and they do, which decapitates Oddball, um, and uh, and and and, and, <laughs> and Slater gets out, and he's like, "Oh, that really hurt." <laughs> <laughs> why didn't you warn me or something yeah, well, why, that might have been when he punched the window i can't remember but oh yeah he does try to punch the window for to get into the uh into the into a car uh to which that really hurts too uh, because it's a real car um, but anyway yeah. uh they realize that benedict has slipped into the movies again um and this time what he brings back is the ripper um and he's like and he's got the script for slater three and he's like Hey, at the end of this, you die, but you don't have to. You can you can live, you can go out and you can kill and you can live your own life and you don't have to do what this stack of papers say, basically. Um, And that's also when he that's when they realize that he's been to the movies, um, which I think that's that's a pretty good line. He went to the movies. Uh, But anyway, um, the whole plan is uh, going to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger with the ripper and benedict will deal with slater well if he kills arnold schwarzenegger then well then there, there is be, no jack there is no right there, it would only no jack be, slater anymore right yeah um so he so they go to the premiere of jack slater four get a lot of uh, cameos here oh man this is all 90s so early 90s oh it thing. is it really, yeah. really is although i i did have a pretty good chuckle with um um with uh mc oh, hammer no uh, no no i really <laughs> didn't Van no with uh w- jim belushi where he's like i'm not really a big fan of his as my wife <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know and, yeah. and, i mean it's all a joke obviously i mean like and he's he's she, even kind of turned on she gets turned on so uh, I hope, by him and i just want to be around uh i just want to be around does. when she does yeah <laughs> And Maria Shriver telling the actual Arnold, like, don't talk about the restaurants. I yeah, hate when you talk about the restaurants. He takes the next opportunity Speaking to plug Planet, Planet Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, so the... Um, um, yeah, so the... Uh, basically, it all comes to a head at the premiere. Um, and Slater is about to to kill the ripper but arnold schwarzenegger Everybody jumps on down. him yeah I'm sorry I had to <laughs> and, get that in. and uh, arnold schwarzenegger tackles him and then they realize hey we look a lot alike and uh, and schwarzenegger <laughs> is like you're one of the best uh, celebrity lookalikes i've ever seen uh and he's and like slater eventually tells him, like you know i don't really like you you make my life hell <laughs> yeah all you've caused me is pain but yep. i like i like the fact that they make Arnold do the hero thing. And I'm talking about Arnold, Arnold, right? He does what, what Jason was talking about earlier. Like he would expect to be the hero in this scenario uh-huh. because of all the movies he'd been in right. and he tackles them. It's pretty funny. Good stuff. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and then um, they end up, uh, you know, the Ripper is uh, up on the roof again in the rainiest night that has ever rained on a night ever. <laughs> um, right. And, uh, that would be so i would hate to film that scene with all that water oh that their clothes had to weigh like 40 pounds afterwards yeah uh, so they are uh you know and the ripper has basically set up the same scenario again this time with danny 
And this time uh, he's going to win. And this yeah. time, yeah, at this point, yeah, it's not a movie. He's, you know. Um, so Slater shows up. They're going to um, uh, have that showdown again. Um, and he's like, why, why wait to be shot and go over the building? I'll just toss the kid now. And he does. And Danny goes off the edge of the, of the building. So at this point, Slater decides he's going to use the rainwater that's on the roof and um, take a, um, a, a cord. He, take, the he takes the axe. He takes the axe that was thrown at him yeah. and gets on basically on the ledge of the building and cuts one of the wires, which in turn electrocutes the ripper. Yes. Now, I would have I would have if this was an action movie, would have liked for him to explode. But this is probably yeah. well, a little that, bit more accurate, although his eyeballs probably would have melted. That's, well, what I'm going to say is, is if they had him explode, it would have lessened the next sure. part. Right. Yeah. Um, so then uh, we find out that uh, Danny did, in fact, he grabbed on to uh, like, a, like a gargoyle or, gargoyle or something. Yeah. And so uh, Slater goes and saves him. And does kind of an action-y thing there. It's like, jump, I'll catch you. I promise you got to trust me. And, you know, that was, I thought that was pretty good too. Um, and then he um, gets back up on top of the building and. Um, well, he throws Danny up, which is kind of. Right. Hilarious. He tosses him up and then he climbs up and Charles Dance shows up. Um, and uh, Charles Dance shoots him right in the right chest right in the chest um and um he makes a movie mistake because he forgot to reload his gun right um which is funny because now i uh, there's something in next week's movie where it's like oh they made a movie mistake um but anyway um but he didn't really make a movie mistake here. He left one chamber open. He left one fool, chamber open to right. fool Arnold. And then and that's he shoots he, him. That's when he shoots yes, him. In the that's chest. when he shoots him. Yeah. Right. So um, he's going to, he like, he starts like beating up uh, Danny or something. Danny starts like crying, and, but he's all, he's playing it off basically. He's acting. He's in a movie. He's acting. Yep. Yeah. And so um, I don't remember what exactly does he do to. So, so he, he walks away from Danny after he hits him and he's saying, you broke my arm, you broke my arm. So he walks over to, to Slater and he's like, well, this time you're going to, you're going to die. This isn't the movies. You're going to die. And then Danny does like a flying drop kick. That's Um, right. Which, uh, which then gets the gun over to it knocks Uh, it knocks benedict on top of slater they struggle fight a little bit um i think slater picks up another no benedict picks up another weapon to which um danny throws the gun over to slater that's it and slater shoots him in the eyeball and but he says (laughs) but he says no sequel for you no sequel for you and there was also a funny line earlier when um the Ripper says, I'll be back. And he's like, no, you won't. Not this time. Right. <laughs> when he kills him. Yep. Pretty funny. Yeah. But now we have we have Slater dying because he's in the real world. Yep. Um, they somehow get in an ambulance. 
like very quickly from the top of the roof. I don't know how the hell that happened. But, uh, <laughs> because they're white. <laughs> yes. And maybe, maybe the oddest thing in the movie, while they're in the ambulance, the ticket, uh, what is it? Well, uh, the Ingrid ticket, the thing, when, it, the ticket when it exploded, exploded. When, when he exploded, the ticket like just flittered down in front and of a different activates- theater. And activates Ingrid Bergman's death, right? Or something yeah, like yeah, that. It's the seventh seal, yep. Yeah. And yep. death starts walking the streets. And it's kind of funny when he touches the cop on the shoulder. That's really funny. And, and it's like, and oh, it's nothing Ian happened. McKellen, which is awesome. It is Ian McKellen, isn't it? Yep. Yep. I was trying to figure out who the hell it was. But the cop is like just standing there. And it, it's kind of a joke. You know, you're like, well, it doesn't work here. But then he starts coughing basically and dies. <laughs> so this is the real death come, come to come to the world right and so uh he goes back to the theater and it's like you know we've got to figure out a way to get you back into the uh you know into the movie or whatever death this shows is just up. a flesh wound right where yeah. this is just the flesh wound and so death shows up and danny's like hey um no i'm not gonna let you take him um and death says something like well that's funny he's not on any of my lists uh, but you are but you are and he's like, now? And he's like, no, you'll die as a grandpa. I just wanted to see what was going on. Basically, I was just curious. <laughs> I was just curious what's going on. But maybe you should look for the other half of the ticket. Yep. Um, and so Danny goes to the ticket box. Uh, Drop kicks it. Drop kicks it. <laughs> and, uh, and finds the other half of the ticket and is able to bring uh, Slater home to where... Um, you know, he wants to stay in Slater's world. And he's like, no, you got to go home to your mom. You've got to take care of her and you got to move on. Basically. I'll always be here. You know, you'll always be able to watch my movies. Um, Everything's fine. And uh, cartoon cats like, Hey, they got, they got Jack. Um, (laughs) Somebody get a doctor. Um, And so they um, doctor says, what's going on here. This is barely a flesh wound. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't even call this a flesh wound. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they stand him up and like, everybody's happy. He gets his job. Back. Oh, by the way, <laughs> they're fixing the door on the Frank McRae's office and uh, Lieutenant Decker. And uh, which, by the way, that's got to be a Fred Decker. Uh, yeah, probably. Reference, right? Probably. probably. Um, and so anyway, so they uh, they're fixing the one that he screamed out. <laughs> And so just the test to make sure he's back in his, in his world, Slater punches through the other window. That's not broken. (laughs) It's like still works. And and he's coming out of your paycheck. Yeah. He yells at him basically saying it's his life. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Hollywood's not going to write him anymore. Um, And uh, he rides off into the sunset, waving goodbye to the rest of us. Like it's fucking Mac and me at the end of the movie. Yep. And if anybody knows uh, that reference, good good on you. <laughs> um, the aliens wave as they drive off into the sunset. That movie's disturbing. But this movie's okay. <laughs> this I certainly understand, Jason, why you love this movie. I, I quite like this movie and I was delighted throughout watching this movie yeah. the other night. Well now you know how uh, I felt watching So I Married an Axe Murderer again. <laughs> like the 40 millionth time <laughs> i mean i like that movie too Jeez, louise i know I mean, we talked about this weeks ago <laughs> well, 
next week's movie is going to do the fucking tango on somebody's well, okay, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. We're that's not, another Decker that's, line. That's, I wanted to, I wanted to get a Decker line. There you go. <laughs> Give me a break, dude. Don't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we'll get we'll we've got lots to talk about next week but we're not there yet um fine uh, like, like, what, what's what what are we missing what do we leave out here um when arnold arnold goes to the cab and he you know he's been told that danny can predict what he's gonna say next all the time and he goes up to the cab and he grabs the cab and he's like rubber baby buggy bumpers <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no i was gonna say that yeah that's just a funny you know <laughs> offline in there i think yeah. that was in the trailer that and everybody yeah. down which i saw like a million times oh my god i saw the trailer for this so many times uh-huh. oh, yeah. yeah um yeah so yeah, I do want to talk real quick about some of the, like the behind the the scenes stuff. Jason, you had kind of um, mentioned a few things. One thing I will say is that um, you know I've, I've been watching a lot of the old um, Siskel and Ebert shows on YouTube, right? And before this movie came out, uh, this was back during uh, Cans. Um, Ebert always went to Cans. And he had, he was, he said he was one of only like 20 something people who got to interview Arnold Schwarzenegger that whole time that they were there. And he was there promoting last action hero. And he was basically reporting back what Schwarzenegger was telling people. And it's really kind of interesting because Schwarzenegger was a big proponent as the eighties came to a close and basically really anything after total recall kind of shows this a little bit, but he always thought that the nineties were going to be something different, that the, the roughness of the eighties was going to pass probably with uh, particularly after like Clinton got, got elected and stuff that, that the, he was kind of seeing that some of those, slightly more right-leaning action movies with a lot of authoritarian principles and all of it and, and jingoism and stuff like that was going to go away and that the 90s were was really primed to be something that was going to be a little bit more of a um i don't know kinder gentler action hero not that it would be any less exciting just that the it would not be as over the top mainly and probably wouldn't be completely and totally dominated by uh, you know the Schwarzeneggers and the Stallones that did the that did the 80s and you know his his thought was he was going to get ahead of the curve basically and Terminator 2 was you know he didn't kill anybody in Terminator 2 he didn't um you know he he wanted to do something a little bit more comedic with last action hero he uh and he didn't really want to do a whole lot of R-rated action. There's a line in the movie, actually, <laughs> at the premiere, where Arnold Schwarzenegger kind of articulates this perfectly. He says, yep. "He says uh, in Jack Slater three, we killed I don't know 143 people. In this one, we only kill 64. <laughs> 28, 28 or something. Yeah, it was a lot less. Yeah, and he right. says more time for character development and exploring right. feelings and stuff like that. Right." Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so like he was, um, he was already kind of, now I don't know if he was trying to get out ahead of some of the, I I don't know. I don't know if he was trying to get out ahead of this being a comedy or if he was, or if he was part of the negative, like 
buzz like did he accidentally start the negative buzz by talking about the movie the way that he did yeah maybe i I think there's probably something to that um there was a really disastrous uh i think test screening too of of a rough cut that they probably shouldn't have shown that i think generated a lot of early bad buzz um I mean, it's a relatively bloodless movie. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it wasn't the the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie that that hardcore Arnold Schwarzenegger fans probably wanted. Um, who's this fucking kid, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I was it, thinking. I, I I was kind of thinking last night when I was watching this that I think the kid was part of my problem with this movie um, because it was kind of like. Oh, this kid is like, just get rid of the kid. Yeah, it's like, just, just give me Arnold. But I understand the other side of it, right? Like he, it's, it's the kid who was, who was, who grew up on yeah. the 80s action, which I was one of those kids. So maybe it was probably more. This uh, kid doesn't, the movie doesn't work at all without, without. No, the no, it doesn't. And, and I, it was probably more, what's this kid got? what's this kid little fucker or whatever thinking that i was like something better than him or something right so, right you know it, it's that sort of bullshit um yeah. that as a as a slightly younger or an older person i would have seen a little bit more of the wonder of it yeah it's it's funny too because he he kind of plays the the eddie furlong role in this too with schwarzenegger yeah. except for the opposite of eddie furlong because he wants him to be the action you know it's like he he is he wants to live the action and the gore and the all of that stuff whereas eddie furlong was trying to get schwarzenegger not to kill people in terminator 2 um yeah it's 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 peculiar because i do think that that uh, he uh, like i i get the idea and i like the idea of this movie uh i'm not surprised that it didn't really work for a lot of people um, it, it's. I think it's a very narrow line. I was going to say it, it has a very narrow audience for for when it came out, but um, but I was exactly yeah the target audience, and it worked for me, and and it still works for me through some of the lens of nostalgia. But honestly, it still works for me as a as a movie today. Um, I just think there's a lot of clever stuff, a lot of funny stuff. Um, yeah, is it is it a little bit too much at times? It's hard to keep up with how dense the jokes are. Yeah. Um, I think a, a really good example of, of Shane Black screwing up that, that approach is the, the new predator movie, right. Mm. Where he just felt like he had to just jam that thing with, with joke after joke to keep it moving. And it, and it just is exhausting. Right. So um, that he definitely has a tendency, I think, to go in that in that direction and it doesn't always work. Um, yeah, because like, you know, the, the original Predator can work because of the of the personality of the characters, the you know, and the, the charisma of Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers um, and to a certain extent, Jesse Ventura. Right. But uh, you can't do that every time. Like, I don't want a funny predator movie every time, you know, it's like, I want things that I can say, Oh, that was fun. You know, but I don't want to say you can be fun and not tell a joke. Right. It could be funny. It's the same reason why the, um, 
uh, the new Ghostbusters movie sucked. Right. You know, it it wasn't because it was it, they it was all you know women. It was all it was because it was all a joke. No, I mean that's a lot of the reason why Ghostbusters two isn't as good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, a good Ghostbusters movie has a good balance of spooky stuff and funny stuff. And, and only and and only white men. That's of course. That, of course. That, that's always what about Ernie. <laughs> okay, well we'll let him in. Yeah, he, yeah, we got to we got to have one. Yeah, <laughs> <We> gotta, <laughs> Mr. Token. Um, anyway, no, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. I think that um, it's a fine line with comedy, you know, and yeah. it's a fine line with the amount of comedy. Some people like the Zucker, you know, Zucker Abrams gang, they're good at it um others you also kind of like know what you're getting into with those right exactly. i mean it's the exactly. whole point is, is that um, and if you didn't if you didn't pick and, up and that this a consistent was consistent tone throughout yeah, yeah. And, and this movie is a little inconsistent yeah it's a little long it's 40 minutes longer than you know than a than airplane you know um and it's um you may not quite understand that it's poking fun at the tropes um, through the lens of people who are big time action fans. Yeah. But if you didn't get that. Still, you probably didn't like this movie. <laughs> it's still, but still pretty darn fun. Um, it, I did enjoy watching. I, I did message Chuck and say that I, I, I was feeling the length. I said that I felt like I was like, you know, last action hero has a lot of scenes a lot of scenes <laughs> and it's you know but at the you know but then also i was also feeling a little beat down by some of the scenes having too many jokes too mm-hmm. um but again i understand I, I yeah this is one of those movies where it's like i can't fault anybody for having any kind of positive reaction to this movie i get it and and especially yep. as you were saying you were the right you were danny's age you know yep. um so yep. yeah makes perfect sense all right hey dude we've done it we've done it much like last action hero we're probably about 10 to 20 minutes too long probably (laughs) but that's okay um yeah so uh next week we round out guilty pleasures month and this one i highly recommend everybody come back to because this movie i'm gonna say this inexplicably made jason very angry um (laughs) so i look forward to hearing more about this and we're going to be looking at 1990s dick tracy um directed by warren Beatty, um a movie that he had for a long time tried to make but for also a long time he was not attached to mm-hmm. um which is a very this is inter- one of those this is one of those movies where I'm, I'm far more interested in the production stories than i am the final results Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so that's coming up next Wednesday. Um, next Monday, uh, with Monster Mondays, I am talking about American Werewolf in London. Um, nice. That's a, that's, a, that's a fun one. That's a fun that one. A- um, both of those shows can be found at filmseizure.com. Go over to uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us on all of those places. Uh, all of the shows we do are put on to various platforms like SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Audible. We also upload stuff to YouTube if that is your 
uh, poison as far as listening to a, uh, a a podcast that is entirely audible and no visual, but that's okay. Um, you can do that. Um, also, um, on Fridays, I have B Movie Anima. You can go over to bmovieanima.com, find my articles. This is the uh, what's your one, two, three, fourth week of Lena Romay month, night of open sex. Mm. Um, okay. this, this is that's one of the better ones of the of the month um jess franco and lena romay made lena romay made a bunch of sex movies in the 70s and 80s and uh i write about them in probably a little bit too much detail um you can also uh go over to youtube and subscribe to the b movie anima channel uh no clips of the movies this month but uh you can find clips of movies that i've uh covered um, you can find B Movie Enema of the series, which is currently on hiatus. Season two comes back around in September. Do you guys remember what day that is? What day? September eleventh. That's right. You guys didn't oh. forget. And that is key. <laughs> I almost for that did. Day. I almost did. I would have had to turn in my citizenship. Yeah, you really would have had to have. So yeah, that all that stuff over there, all that stuff. Uh, Filmseizure.com, bmovieenema.com facebook twitter do the things do it to it i cannot wait to talk about dick tracy next month um and uh because this one's going to get explosive i think uh, much like jack slater driving down the street in jack slater one through four pick a movie he's probably he probably exploded <laughs> shit anyway until next week uh, i have been jeff arbuckle i have been chuck moore I have been Jason Oliver. Why are we doing that? And you have been listening to Film Seizure. Mm-hmm.